Why? Why? If you Why? have T-Mobile 5G home internet, you might be hearing this Why? a lot. Why? Every time your internet slows down during the busiest hours. Why? Why? Because your network gives priority to cell phone users. Why? Why? Good question. Why not switch to Cox Internet with two times faster download speeds than T-Mobile 5G home internet during peak hours? Okay. Stop the whys and visit cox.com slash 5G home for details. T-Mobile prioritizes certain T-Mobile phone users over home internet users during times of congestion. Celebrate and save at Ashley's anniversary sale. With Hot Buys, your choice of color starting at just $3.99. Ashley Sleep mattresses starting at $2.50. Plus, receive a free adjustable base with select mattress purchases. And shop top mattress brands like Stearns & Foster, Tempur-Pedic, Purple, and Beautyrest Black with 60-month special financing only at Ashley. Subject to credit approval. No minimum purchase required. Minimum monthly payment, down payment, tax, and delivery may be required. See store for details. Lights, camera, action. Time now for the organic gardener, Doug Oster, DougOster.com. Tenth caller to begin the program wins a $25 gift certificate to Sorgles at 412-922-1020. Rain, rain, come again and stay another day. And the mild temperatures and also time to move trees, planting shrubs, and a whole lot more, ladies and gentlemen. A perfect time to be talking about all of the above, and especially with the weather cooperating and giving us some rain the last couple of days. I know you are one happy gardener, Doug Oster. Good morning. Uh, yeah, <laughs> that's the understatement of the the summer to finally get a a real rain. You know, as long as I was talking to Ben, who produces the show, <laughs> talking about a leaky roof. You know, if you lived in an area where you, you're afraid of when you have a big storm because it might flood, I feel for you. But for the rest of us, uh, as a gardener, oh, a good soaking rain is, is just wonderful. we got a change in the weather. I was walking in the garden this morning. Fall is definitely off in the distance a little bit, but you can feel it this morning, a nice, cool morning. But that sets the stage for what I call the third part of the gardening season, and then I've been waiting for the weather to break. I've got flats out there that I'd started stuff out of seed, uh, from seed with, I've uh, got some bunching onions. Uh, what else is out there? Oh, purple Vienna kohlrabi. Uh, this thing called Seven Top Turnip Green, and you can find those seeds, anybody who has that Lake Valley rack at a nursery. And it's just grown for, it doesn't make a turnip. It just makes these greens, and they're really great. Uh, they're wonderful, especially after a frost. We get them started now. Uh, they'll fill up the garden, and they'll sit there most of the winter. They're tough as as nails. And so that's one of the starts. I'm gonna, I've am i already started to also direct sowing uh, some winter radishes, lettuce, other greens, uh, you can find plants, cool weather plants, at, at uh, all our sponsors, our nursery sponsors. And so uh, I'm also going to be moving some trees, little trees. I've got a, a, a like a coral bark Japanese maple out there. It's just not in the right spot. And uh, I bought a, a Rosa Sharon, and it's a variety called Sugar Tip, uh, which I've fallen in love with. I, I know people either love or hate Rosa Sharon. I, I love them. This one has variegated foliage, so it's kind of white and green foliage, and then double pink flowers. I actually did a story on a gentleman, 89 years old, uh, who still works every day and has this wonderful garden uh, in the East End, and he he had one of these sugar tips, Rosa Sharon, a big one, you know, seven, eight feet tall, and I was like, oh, boy, you know, because mine's just little... 
Uh, one trick that I did, uh, I didn't want to plant it yet when we had that hot weather. You know, I, I, I've had it for a couple of weeks, and and so I just put the nursery container, the proven winners container, inside a fancy container and put it out in the garden and just kept it watered that way. Again, I didn't want to put anything in the ground until we cooled off here. And this weather is definitely conducive to planting perennials, uh, shrubs, trees. Uh, we're we're in a better shape now. Uh, to get gardening again, we're kind of on a, a holding pattern there with all that that heat. Uh, Mrs. Know It All will be here a little later. She's going to talk about critters in the garden, and I'm looking forward to talking to her about that because I've got plenty of critters. And at dougoster.com, lots of cool stuff there. Um, to talk about you know all, all that rain. We've got splitting tomatoes. Uh, I've got a picture there of a very weird looking cucumber. I posted that on. Uh, my Facebook stories this morning also, and uh, a new favorite, pole bean. Uh, you know, when when people send me seeds and I'm going to trial them out there, you know, I want to give them a good spot. But in this case, this, this pole bean, it's called Monta Gusto Yellow, uh, and it's produced more beans than we can eat. Uh, if you've got recipe tips for beans, let me know. You can send that to me through that DougOster.com website. And... I didn't really, you know, I had garlic growing there, and so behind the garlic, I had to just kind of throw some seeds in. You know, the soil was eh, 50-50, not, not bad, but not great. I wish it was better. But this bean, every day I'm going out there and getting a handful. And yesterday I went out and picked and hadn't picked in a couple of days, and I had a, jeez, you know, uh, again, more than we can eat. So if you know, know any great recipes to get rid of those beans, let me know. It, it's a long yellow bean that stays crispy even when it gets big and doesn't get tough and just has a really, really wonderful flavor. I've also on uh, the website have a list of these upcoming virtual composting and rain barrel classes at the Pennsylvania Resources Council. If you if you want to learn how to compost and then at the end of the class for the composting or the rain barrel, they give you a rain barrel and they give you a composting bin. You go pick it up down at the south side uh, it's, a, it's a great composting class if you're interested in starting to compost. Uh, a video there that uh, I really had fun doing. I'm having fun playing with my new iPhone that has this really great slow-mo feature. And I just happened to be standing in the garden when this big bumblebee landed on a, a Mexican sunflower. And so I started filming them in slow motion, just going in there and getting after that pollen. And then as I was doing that, one just flew in and went next to him. So I thought that was kind of cool. And I put some music underneath it. I'm having fun just playing around with that. And also at DougOster.com, just a reminder, the rare daffodil sale is underway at Joe Ham's Daffodil Hortus. That's that place down in Washington County I talk about a lot that has what I consider, and I think most people would consider, the greatest collection of blooming daffodils in this part of the, the state for sure. And we're starting to think about planting bulbs for next spring. And if you'd like to grow something different, uh, just uh, you can look at the website, click on that, and there's a whole list of the different varieties. And some of them go back to the 1600s. It's kind of fun. And I'm taking people to Croatia next year, next July. Uh, selling pretty good here. We've got a few cabins left. If you're interested, uh, take a look online there. I've got all the information there. And actually, there's a webinar which is part of that now that I put into the uh into that link where you can just you can just watch it at your leisure 
and it shows all the different places that we're going to go to, what the boat that we're going to be on looks like, and explains everything. And if you don't get through today with your gardening questions, or if you're too shy, just go to dogoster.com, and you can send me a question through there. I'm getting lots and lots of questions uh, through the website, which has been a, a lot of fun. And, Rob, I can feel that cool weather this morning. Uh, it, it, it feels like football weather. All right, listen, uh, for some, but for others, we're still on the bench waiting to get back to our life, and it may take a while, so we're just going to have to stay put and live in the garden and enjoy our life at home. Hey, let me uh, give you this dollar bank real quick, and then we're going to get to some of these phone calls and uh, get going here, Doug. By the way, congratulations to Mariana Pittsburgh, winner of that Sorgles gift certificate. says, love your show. My question is about tomato plants. I save seeds from last year. I grow them each year and start them in the spring. Last year, I saved seeds from uh, nice purple brandywine tomatoes, but when they grew them this year, they were large red cherry tomatoes. Do you know what happened, Doug? Thanks. Yeah, uh, that that it happens every once in a while, and it's a um, tomatoes are self-pollinating, meaning that both male and female are in the flower, but they need a bee to get to the flower, and usually can't get into the flower, and will be buzzing outside the flower, which causes those two male and female to do their thing, and that puts on the tomato. But if a bee gets up into that flower and then gets to another plant and gets up into the flower, it's taken pollen from one type of plant, taking it to another type of plant, and now you won't get the same thing. And yet I, I, I can imagine you're very disappointed. A purple brandywine tomato is an amazing tomato. So in that case, you would be best off to start anew with uh, some seeds from you know one of the, the seed suppliers out there. Uh, and hopefully all your other tomatoes were true, but sometimes that happens. And it's not that often that it happens, because I, I save seeds too, but Every once in a while, and you've waited all season for your purple brandy wines, and then you get a red cherry. That's a definitely a disappointment, but maybe you're introducing a brand-new, amazing cherry tomato to the world. All right, we'll come back. Doug's going to take your calls next on The Organic Garden. Yes, he is, ladies and gentlemen, and he wants to talk to you. And let's start off by going to that great community of Lawrenceville. Here's Joseph. Joseph, welcome to News Radio 1020, KDKA Radio. You're on the air with Doug Oster, The Organic Gardener. Good morning. Good morning, Doug. What's going on? What What I want to ask you, I got a two beautiful fig tree, okay? And I want to know how, they, I got it on a big pot that's maybe 25 gallon of big pots, and they, it, it's on the roots almost. What can I put to keep them, the feed them and to keep them? So to keep them over the winter, is that what you're asking? Over the winter, then they don't die, you know what I mean? Right. Okay. So they're in pots. Uh, the, the best way to do it, and it's a big pot. Yes. But, uh, in that case, I would move it into like an unheated garage, someplace like that. Yeah, and I do. I do. I put them all the time in the garage. What I'm saying, fertilizer, I can put the the feed. Any kind of fertilizer, I can put. Oh, okay. Well, it's, it's too late to fertilize now. Uh, yes. As we get to the end of the season, I would I would fertilize. Early in the spring, and I would use something like tree tone from uh, uh, Espoma. Uh, that's a granular that you could put on there, that's a, the, a balanced granular fertilizer that will help make it put on figs. Do you get a lot of figs? Yeah, I do. There's a lot of figs already on it, but not mature yet. I don't know what's going on. 
Yeah, you know what? I've got a fig tree, uh, and I'm probably not as successful as you are with them, but I've got one fig tree that I've left in the greenhouse. I don't have any figs on, and I have a big fig tree out in the garden, which I bury every year, and it has not put figs on yet either this year. I don't know what's up either, but like I said, I think it's just too late in the season to add fertilizer, and we're just going to have to, you know, we're about a month and a half away from that fig tree going back inside, so... Uh, I don't think there's much we can do at this point, so sorry about that. Uh, I wish I had figs on my tree, I'll tell you that. All right, let's say hi to Joanne up next for Doug Oster. Hi, Joanne. Good morning. Good morning. I've been having problems. I have beautiful hibiscus, and there's little black bugs crawling all around inside the flowers. They're not eating it, it doesn't seem, but they're there. What can I do about it? Uh, not much really. That that's just nature's way of of you know looking for pollen. Uh, this is outside, right? Right. Yeah. Beautiful. I, Everybody it's, comments about all the different colors that I have, and they're big. I mean, you know, about four feet tall. Wow, that's wonderful. How long have those plants been in place? Uh, I keep getting babies that I give to people because it's so beautiful. They say, can we have one of those? Uh, they've been there about, I'd say, at least uh, 15 years, and uh, they just keep growing. And I did find out, uh, I think from one of your programs, I cut off as they're growing because somebody told me when we were having so many of those uh, Japanese beetles that mm-hmm. loved them, uh, cut off, have them bloom later, and you won't get the Japanese beetles. And it was true. I only had one this year out of all the ones that I have. So I have cut them off, and they have gone haywire uh, by spreading branches. So So for your little little black bugs, I want you to try and ignore them. Uh, because they're just, they're just that's the little spots that are on the flowers right they're they're just doing nature's bidding and enjoy those beautiful flowers and pretend there's no bugs there okay okay i'll try that Thank thanks a so lot uh-huh. all right all right next stop is the north hills here's k for doug oster on news radio 1020 katie k hi gay k how are you good morning thank you good morning um, Doug, I have a question about peach tree. Uh, we have a peach tree that has some dead wood in it, and we'd like to trim it out before uh, the, you know, the snow breaks them off. Uh, can we do that now, or do we have to wait until spring, or when do you do that? Well, first of all, Kay, great to talk to you. Yes, and, it's nice to talk to you, too. And uh, I think we saw each other about a couple of weeks ago. Or is this the same K? Yes, yes. yes. Uh-huh. All right. Well, we we met at Han Nursery finally and recognized each other with our masks on, right? Yes. <laughs> uh, so well, for Deadwood, we could take that out any time. Deadwood's got to go. Okay. Uh, how big are, are the Deadwood branches? Is it going to be easy to do, or is it a big, giant? Uh, no, it's not. It's it's easily done. We just didn't know what when to do it. Okay, yeah, yeah. get that deadwood out of there. You know, I like to make two cuts, uh, a cut outside, you know, about uh, maybe 12 inches from where it connects to the other branch, and then make that second cut just so you're not tearing something off when you when you do the, the pruning. Okay. And, yeah, this, this is the perfect time. Are you getting any peaches? 
not no they I think they froze. You know the Do saying you, you know the saying on, You know the saying on this program peaches will break your heart. Yes. How long does a peach tree live? Do you know? Mm, you know, it just depends on the variety. Sometimes they can go for for decades, and, and you'll see them in the woods or something. And then other really? times cultivars will go, you know, 10, 12 years, and they'll just kind of peter out. So yes. it, just, it just depends on the situation. Well, Kay, great to talk to you. And Thank good luck you. With the peach it was tree. great seeing you. <laughs> All right, Kay, thanks for the call. We appreciate it. Hey, Doug's got a lot of calls already coming in for next hour. We're going to give you a chance to talk to Doug. I hope you'll stick with us. In the meantime, I want to remind you that rotisserie chicken recipes coming up next hour with Joe and Frank and I. And then it is uh, Kurt Carlson and Tyler Villano, Heffron Tillotson's Your Money and You. And then we've got a lot to get to, including the Pittsburgh Steelers getting closer to that season opener against the Giants. We'll talk some NFL football coming up in the second hour of the Coons Market Black and Gold Sunday show, which starts every Sunday at 11 a.m. So, folks, we are... Been a long way to go before today is over here at News Radio 1020, KDK Radio. We're with you until 1 o'clock, so please stay with us. Melinda Roder coming back with that look at live and local news at the bottom of the hour at 7.30, just minutes away. Rob Pratt, Sunday, News Radio 1020, KDKA Radio. Good morning. Ah, uh, yes, he is, and the phones are saying, let me talk to Doug. We can do that right after I tell you. If you're the 10th caller at 412-922-1020, you will win an incredible $25 gift certificate to Janowski's in Clinton, where they open at 8 a.m. today. They'll be there till 7 tonight. They are every day, 8 a.m. to 7 p.m. Go out and say hello to the Janowski family. Let's go to Fred South Hills up next for Doug Oster. Hey, Fred. Hi. Hi, Doug. Hey, Doug, uh, I had two things I wanted to ask you about. Um, years ago, I had a catastrophe. I had to replace a water line, and I had to move a holly. And this is what I wanted to ask you. Is there a difference between a holly bush and a holly tree? Yeah, I mean, there's lots of different different cultivars out there. There's some that will grow super tall and some that stay smaller. So okay. what's it doing? What are you thinking? Okay, no, I just wanted to know that, but... What happened was when I had to move it and, and plant it out in the front of the yard, it died. I mean, it looked dead, rotted. Uh, and you know what? I, I left it there, and it came back to life. Oh, great. It, it looked so healthy, I couldn't believe it, because even the trunk or whatever, you know, looked dead. Uh, so I, I was really happy uh, about that. You must have a green thumb. Uh, no, not really. <laughs> I'll I tell you why. Here, the, the other thing I wanted to ask you about is, for the first time in 20 years, uh, my tomato plants have been devoured by rabbits. Mm. Uh, so what I wanted to ask you was, I had heard there was an, um, a rabbit repellent. Do you know if it works, if there is one? There's, there's one that I use uh, that I like, and it's called Hot Pepper Wax. Uh, they used to make it in Greenville, PA. Now uh, a national company, Bonide, uh, distributes it. And that has been the best uh, the thing I've had the best luck with for rabbits. Uh, you know, in in my garden, I've got it fenced in, but especially early in the season, those baby rabbits can get through that chicken wire. And that's what I, until I can either get them out or they get big enough they can't get in, that's what I've been using. Okay, so, hot, hot uh, pepper wax. Them? Did they get your plants when they were small? Um, they got them after about, I'd say, three three weeks. 
yeah, yeah. You know what was funny this year? I mean, I've had rabbits nibble on the leaves in past years, but never ever anything like this. I mean, they they just uh, <laughs> ate yeah, that, ate them to pieces. Yeah, hot pepper wax. You can find it at any of our sponsors. Any good nursery will have it. And uh, the thing about it is that's interesting is you spray it on, but like I've been using it actually to keep chipmunks off my tomatoes. When it was so dry, the chipmunks were coming up and getting the cherry tomatoes and taking one bite just to get the water. Uh-huh. And so the hot pepper wax, it, it doesn't, you don't taste it. The animal tastes it, but you just, you know, you take your tomatoes in, you rinse them off, and you don't have any hot pepper uh, left over for some reason. And I always okay. thought that was amazing, but it does keep the rabbits off. That's what I'd use. Okay. Thank you very much. Thank you. All right. Next stop is uh, Chris for Doug Oster. Hey, Chris, how are you? Hello. Hi. Go ahead, please. Uh, I'm I'm calling my son-in-law was at your garlic festival last year, and he got all those garlic bulbs that were just supposed to be wonderful. Well, he had a he had an illness. And he was laid up for so long that he couldn't put them in last year. And now, of course, they aren't any good. And he'd like to know where he could get some more uh, garlic bulbs like that. Okay. Uh, what area are you in again? I, I didn't hear where you were. Bergenstown. Yes. Okay. So out, out that way, uh, probably uh, like a Janoski's would be a great place to go uh, on their nursery side. Uh, should have some, some garlic for sale. Uh, one thing you can do, like if Janoski still had the garlic that they grow uh, in the ground, if they still had some left, that garlic, even you don't know you're buying it as a food source, would also be great to grow as, you know, in your garden. Uh, wow. Because we know that it's locally grown and we know it's hardy. But, yeah, any good nursery will will have that garlic to plant. And we plant in October, uh, usually about the second week of October, we take those heads, we split them up in, into cloves and put them three inches down and six inches apart and then give them and put it in good soil and give them a nice blanket of straw and you'll be good to go. You'll be able to find that garlic out there, okay? Okay. He just thought this was really special what he got from you and he wanted to get that kind of garlic again. <laughs> Do you remember which one it was? No. I don't. Well, uh, he might, yep. but no. If there's a... A, a, a specific variety that he's interested in, um, you're probably going to have to go online uh, to find it. There's a place called uh, Peaceful Valley, uh, and it's just groworganic.com. Uh, they have a lot of different varieties. If there's, if there's a certain variety that he's looking for that's specific, that's what I would do is search online for it. All right, let's say hi to uh, Tom. Hey, Tom, how are you? Good morning. Hey, Tom. Yeah, hello again, Rob, and uh, good morning, Doug. Uh, Doug, you mentioned the uh, Rose of Sharon. I've got uh, nine of them that are kind of clustered together with some other bushes. Uh, they're kind of scrawny because uh, they are clustered together. They're anywhere from about four foot tall to six or seven foot tall. And uh, I want to relocate them. Could you sort of walk me through from the standpoint of how much to cut them back, how uh, big the, you know, dig the hole, any preparation? Yeah, I mean, uh, for Rosa Sharon, you're, you're lucky because that's an easy one to, to move. Uh, there's nothing you could really do wrong with a plant like that because it's so tough. I wouldn't cut it back when I'm doing this, uh, even if it's four foot tall. I would just get as much of the root ball out of there as possible. Like if they're, if they're so close together that you'd have to take two or three out at a time, 
that would be fine. And then you would just split them, you know, just kind of gently tease them apart. And when I'm transplanting anything, I'm always trying to dig the planting hole first and just approximate the size just so that it's out of the ground for as the least time possible. But with a Rosa Sharon, don't sweat it. You, you, no matter what you do, you, you know, we always say Rosa Sharon will be the last thing left after the, the apocalypse with Keith Richards and cockroaches. So <laughs> there's nothing you can do to, to stop that Rosa Sharon. So it'll be an easy transplant for you, okay? Okay, and, and as far as the fertilizer and watering them, uh... just keep them watered in uh, until they get established, and there's really no reason to fertilize them. If you really wanted to fertilize them, I would do it in the spring, and I would use, again, that same thing I talked about, that tree tone. Uh, from Espoma, uh, very easy to find and inexpensive and organic, and that'll give them a good boost. But they really don't need it. They're they're one of the toughest plants out there. That's why I'm putting one in. The, the reason people hate them, as, as you can see, is they, they sprout everywhere, and then they, they, they get too close together. And I have them. I started with one or two trees, and now I've got some little seedlings that have come up to about the size of yours, four foot tall, but they're kind of blocking the view of the pool, so I like them there, and I just let them do their thing. How often should I water them at first? If we don't get rain, about you know once or twice a week, just to soak them, soak them in in the morning, uh, let the hose run for a little bit, and, and they'll get established that way. You know, we have weather like this. This is just perfect timing to, to move something like that. I would wait until they're done blooming. They're probably just finishing up blooming because uh, you don't you don't want to miss your flowers. And so as soon as they're done blooming, you'll be good to go. All right, short break. Congratulations to Claire, winner of that gift certificate from Jonoski's. Ah, uh, yes, he is. Let's get right back to Doug now, who's with us via remote on the Disc Institute of Pittsburgh Newsline. Doug? T- time for our friend Mrs. Know-it-all. That's horticulturalist Denise Schreiber. And Denise, before we get on to the critters, Let's celebrate the rain. Oh, I got, actually, I looked in my rain gauge. I had three inches of rain. Of course, my mulch is in my neighbor's yard, too, so. (laughs) But it is such a relief. Oh, I know. And the temperatures are cooler. And as a result, the pollinators will be out more now because we're still not done gardening. It's funny you say that because yesterday uh, my little beehive was going nuts when things cooled off a little bit. Yeah, you know, they they don't like just super hot weather any more than we do, which is why we don't live in the South either. <laughs> That's true. So what do we want to talk about today? Uh, you know, everybody's complaining about somebody eating their hostas, their tomatoes like you. Um, and so I've seen some things people have been posting. Oh, the deer ate this, the deer ate that. Okay, so the deer are going to eat your hostas. You know, if you're going to grow hostas, either spray them with the hot pepper wax, which, by the way, please read the label before you use it because there's a reason it's called hot pepper wax, or um, they're eating their tomatoes. Now, I have a chipmunk who runs into my garden. I haven't gotten a cherry tomato in weeks because oh, every time no, there's one ripe. I mean, that, that many tomatoes a chipmunk's taking? Oh, Yeah. I haven't gotten one in weeks. And then he was oh my eating God. my figs, so my figs got wrapped. <laughs> I was like, my figs are ripe and you're eating them. No. But um, you can't, you, listen, you, you can't be 
happy and and nonchalant about it. Aren't you going nuts when you, a fig? Uh, getting a fig after? Well, I couldn't even to... find bird netting, so I went to a fabric store and got the netting like you put a, a, underneath a dress, and it's all mm-hmm. tied up in blue netting. It does, don't look pretty, but at least I'm getting figs. Oh, you got to get a you got to get a picture of that. <laughs> okay, I will. Post but, that on your um, post that on your Facebook page. That's great. Yeah, well, that's a great way. That's a great way to keep them up. So, did you did you cover the whole bush, or are you doing like little? Uh, I had to cover or? the whole bush. He was oh, that's he, great. because mine is in a container. I keep mine in a container, and so he's just like climbing up and getting in there. But people are saying the deer ate this, the deer ate that. So they said, look at the teeth marks. Well, here's the thing: these don't these deer don't have upper teeth. They have they're like uh, sheep. They have like a hard palate on top. Like just think of having your top teeth all pulled. That's what they have. Their mouth is designed for ripping. So they can, you know, like grab the hosta leaves and just kind of use their bottom teeth against the top palate and just pull it rather than sitting there taking bites like the chipmunk or the squirrel. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't have a groundhog problem because the dog killed seven of them so far this season. So that's been eliminated. Um, but I have a little rabbit, and he's he may have been in my garden. I now I have an eight-foot fence around mine, so it's not deer, because if they jump in over that, they'd impale themselves on the tomato steaks. So that's not an issue for me. But I can see, you know, where people are confusing them. The raccoon, too. Everybody's thirsty. They want that right. moisture, so everybody's out trying to find it. I actually water my clover for the rabbit. To have him eat it just to keep him happy and out of my garden. Well, I actually have a dish of water out by my tomatoes for the chipmunk, hoping that the chipmunk will drink the water and not get my uh, cherry tomatoes. And I've been picking cherry tomatoes uh, just, I think, because of that. And 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 I haven't sprayed hot pepper wax in a couple of weeks now. I haven't had to. So, uh, what else do you use for the deer? Is there another spray that you use for the deer? Um, I use Bobex. And I, I alter- and I use um, plant skid, and I like yeah, to alternate them, and sometimes really stick, I mix right? the hot pepper wax with it. Oh, that's a good idea. Yeah, and uh, that seems to deter them. And, and people don't realize hot pepper wax is actually for insects. So if you have an infestation of, like, aphids or spider mites, you can use that as a spray. You know, it's funny. It, it's funny you say that because I don't. I only use it for basically for rabbits. Uh, that's a great point. That it is actually an organic insecticide. Right. You know. So it it literally burns them, is what it does. So it's really good for that. Like I said, you know, when you're working with it, it's like working with ghost peppers, Carolina reapers. Wear gloves and wear something over your eyes in case the wind kicks up and it sprays it back into your eyes. You know, you'll be going to the hospital. You know, because it's it's that potent, uh, you know, when you're uh, first using it. Well, we only got about a minute left. Uh, What has been uh, your best success this year in the vegetable garden? Uh, Boy, actually, celery. And and I know that's odd. I grew that for the first time this year. And and I bought the plants. I did not start them from seed. Mm -hmm. And they are huge plants. And the leaves. 
I've been uh, harvesting the leaves as well and drying them because, you know, sometimes you just need a little bit of celery in a recipe and, you know, you don't want to chop it up or you don't even have any. And you can use the celery leaves and crumble them up and use them as well in the recipe. That's actually been really good. The tomatoes are good. They're just late because I grow late tomatoes. And my beans are starting to produce again because we have water and we don't have that high heat. So oh, that's been a good great feeling. Thank year. you, Mrs. Know-it-all. Appreciate it as always. Now, remember, organic gardeners, you make our world brighter and safer with each seed you sow and every garden you grow. All right, folks, stay tuned. News at 8 next. Why? Why? If you Why? have T-Mobile 5G home internet, you might be hearing this Why? a lot. Why? Every time your internet slows down during the busiest hours. Why? Why? Because your network gives priority to cell phone users. Why? Why? Good question. Why not switch to Cox Internet with two times faster download speeds than T-Mobile 5G home internet during peak hours? Okay. Stop the whys and visit cox.com slash 5 5G home for details. T-Mobile prioritizes certain T-Mobile phone users over home internet users during times of congestion.